Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell with all of his hair still yeah. intact. Colin, show, show him the... Yeah. Look at 100%. 100%. Oh, my gosh. So, yes. Uh, there we go. We will have that. Um, well, on YouTube, we'll break it off into its own you know, video. But if you're listening yeah. on the audio side, that will be at the end of this podcast. I don't know how we're going to audio. We'll see what it sounds like, I guess. And then if not, we can just Last time it. when I ate the chip, we just cut it. We did like – we were like check out YouTube for the video. So we might just do that. But regardless, yeah. uh, Colin will be shaving his head today. So you can listen to this with that. By myself. Head. So this is going to look like bad. Yeah, by himself. He has nobody else to, to – do it for him it's nine um it's almost 10 so no everyone's working yeah know. 10 a.m 10 a.m on a wednesday believe it or not um but colin we have a lot more like somber news to talk about today i mean this is just this this is going to be one of the most um i don't want to say sad but one of the you know least happy podcasts. low vibes low vibes yeah this is going to be one of the lowest vibe podcasts we've ever done yeah, um, and we've done some low ones, Colin. We've there, called there for coaches. We've called for coaches' heads. We've called for changes. We've called. Uh, we've done it after. I, I think the most sad one that I can think of off the top of my head. There have been a lot football wise, obviously. Um, the one I think of is after North Texas lost to Charlotte 2019 on that hail mary type play, um, where we, game ceiling? it was at your house. And no, mine was the Rice podcast. Oh, Rice. Actually, no, Rice was the worst. <laughs> yeah, the Rice podcast was bad. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Rice is the worst. Um, we drove back and then did the podcast. Yeah, so that, that one's the worst. But th- this one, in terms of just content and stuff going wrong for North Texas, this one's up there. This isn't a singular moment. But um, we're going to start off today with uh, the basketball game. Uh, North Texas traveled to Boise, Idaho to take on Boise State. And... It was a game that I thought North Texas outplayed Boise State in for legitimately 38 minutes. North Texas was, in my opinion, the better team. Mm-hmm. Boise State shot the ball well from three, and North Texas didn't. But North Texas still found a way to get like a six-point lead with two minutes left. And I was like, all right. I texted you. I said, I think I don't. I don't know if I said this, but I was like, I think they're gonna do it. Like you weren't, you weren't able to watch it live. Um, but yeah. I was like, I think they got this. Six point lead, two minutes left. Here we go. And then, um, just a collapse, a massive collapse from North Texas as Boise State closes the game on eleven zero run in the last two minutes to win sixty nine to sixty four. Aaron Scott and Ruben Jones foul out of the game in the last five minutes. Um, you know, Bugs has a three to take the lead, misses it. Noland has a decent look, I think, to tie it, misses it. And that's the game. Boise ends up going and, and closing it out. So, um, you know, through through this point of the season, well, I mean, I don't want to get big picture already, but like in, in terms of the actual game, I thought it was disappointing. Obviously, that bugs didn't give you anything. Twenty nine minutes, zero points, oh four. Yeah. Like that, that can't really happen. Aaron um, Scott didn't foul out, by the way. Yeah, he did. Um... Yeah, he did. Five minutes. I think the technical. Yeah, he had the technical count as a personal. I think as well. But he had five. Him and I'm looking at the stats right now. Him and Ruben had five each. 
Uh, Matt Stone at four. Um, but yeah, those Aaron Scott, four of 11 from the field, nine points. Ruben Jones had a much better second mm-hmm. half than first half. Yeah. Uh, six of 13 from the field. So credit to Ruben for getting it together in the second half. But like, I, I don't even think the offense was like that bad, except that it had 19 turnovers. Yeah. And the defense for North Texas forced 20 turnovers. So I was at halftime. I had this exact thought where I was like, okay, North Texas should be up by more, or I'm sorry, North Texas was losing by one because they, you boys, they scored late. But I was like, this is a game North Texas should be winning. And I think winning by like four or five points, but Boise State was shooting 50% at halftime. Boise State had a clear matchup that they liked with Dagenhart mm-hmm. at the forward position, who was able to take Aaron Scott off the dribble, was able to take like anybody they put on him off the dribble. And that's kind of the difference. Obviously, Ag- uh, Agbo um, for Boise State ends the game six of nine from three. Um, North Texas in the first half fouled three three point shooters. Um, it just like small things like that you can't yeah. have happen so it was an undisciplined game it was a disappointing game i think that both of ruben and aaron fouling out was frankly kind of unacceptable as the two best players on the team you can't have that in yeah. any game where both of them foul out because then you're just opening the door for what happened an 11-0 yeah. run from boise state to close the game so yeah, undisciplined. Um, I felt like offensively, you know, Jason Edwards gets the 20, 6 of 16 shooting, not great. He had a couple threes, I thought, to maybe um, break it open even more and then had the, the the porous decision to go in and try to finish over a however tall, 6'9 guy or whatever it was in, with a minute left and misses it. So overall, this is like – this is a disappointing loss. And this is probably the most painful loss to this point this season. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. Do you have anything? Or I, I mean, watching the end of the game, I think the the you said being Aaron Scott and Ruben Jones both fouled out. I think Ruben was the biggest one. He fouled out with three minutes left, and at that point, they were yeah. uh, uh, was it? It was probably like two or four. Sixty. Jesus, just had, oh, there it is. Uh, he sixty-two fifty-eight. Yeah, that's what it was, and basically that just kind of got rid of the calming presence. Like you had some, you had the one, you had the turnover uh, on the inbounds play in the corner with Jason. And then you also have that layup that you're talking about. I feel like if Ruben's in there, you know, kind of settles, you settle down a bit. You don't think about Boise kind of making that comeback. Um, Aaron fouls out with a minute 19 left and, you know, he's your best player. Um, I think it's just, it is a really hard loss, especially after how that tournament went. Yeah. But you have to hope that this is just them get adjusting to not knowing how to close games just yet with this new, these new players. Um, I don't know how much you believe in that. I mean, um, they also like the Northern Iowa win was a win, but they right. also almost choked that away. Too. Right. And 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 I was I was going to ask you is is do you think that this is more of a trend than it is a a temporary issue? Because obviously we saw it against LSU, we saw it kind of against St. John's oh, where yeah, they just sure. go in these scoring droughts at the end of games and can't really close them out. So how, 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 how much are you looking into that? I, I think it's legitimate because I think throughout this game, it's if Aaron Scott isn't creating one-on-one matchup, like mm-hmm. advantages for this offense, they don't have anybody else that can clearly go create that. Jason Edwards is the option like that you look at like, okay, he can go get a bucket, but he's not 
you know, he's not the most efficient player ever. Uh, he doesn't take the highest quality shots. You want Aaron Scott to be that player. You want Aaron Scott to be the guy that, hey, we need a bucket. We can go to him and he'll get us a good look at the very right. Moment, which, honestly, like he hasn't really been able to do that. Like the mid-range jumper is not really falling right now. Um, he hit the one three off the catch. But other than that, he was three of ten from the field. He had like some missed fades, like some yeah. shots at the rim went in but like i i didn't feel good about aaron scott offensively and it gets to a bigger point where you know boise state did they had Dagenhart who was able to take aaron scott off the dribble was able to take other players off the dribble like he was that six nine six eight guy that got to wherever he wanted on the court that's where mm-hmm. aaron needs to be um it, for this team to have success late in games because like we said, the last four years, it's been what? Javion Hamlet, Javion Hamlet, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry late games. This year, there is none of that. There is there is Jason Edwards, I think, but like he's not quite on the level of those two players. Here's the thing, though, is I don't think that this team need, necessarily needs a Tyler Perry in terms of that hero shot maker. You know, he can just do anything because against LSU and against uh, Boise is you expect him to close out that game with yeah. – yeah. with the lead that you had i mean what was the they they were up uh for lsu or for boise for boise for boise they were up six with like two minutes left yeah they were up six with two minutes and 15 seconds left yeah like and north tech or L- north lsu it was the same thing it was they yeah. were up five with like three minutes left or yeah something so like you hold the ball you don't go for that layup you don't like the fouls whatever the fouls whatever you should still be able to close out that game and hopefully get you know, a two points out of out of those two minutes, and instead you go scoreless and you let them go on an 11-0 run. Um, the, I think, sorry, I, I was gonna say I just think it's 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 mentally I don't think they're they are quite there yet in terms of closing games. The the frustrating part, well, the bigger picture, like to me, the 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 concern I have is in the front court still. Yeah, like Robert Aaron and Sissoko, they. I don't think they were the reason this team lost. I thought Robert Allen fought really hard. Like, he was awesome on the glass, nine rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Aaron Scott, eight rebounds. Sissoko, six rebounds. And rebounds was a big reason that they were uh, winning this game. They out-rebounded um, Boise State significantly, 15 offensive rebounds to five. Like, so that that is a big thing. Now, they only had 10 second chance points to Boise State's 12. So it's like, how much did they matter when you're not scoring the ball? But still, you're getting more looks at the rim. So I, I don't want to make it sound like those they are the the problem per se i still think you know aaron needs to play better and the guards need to play better but um also i mean just matt stone goes out there 14 minutes four fouls zero points over one shooting no rebounds yeah. no assists yeah this is where you wish you had rondell walker yeah and you know maybe maybe you get some good news on him because guys are getting approved in the NCAA right now to for their second time waivers so maybe we get some good news on rondell fairly soon hopefully but regardless like robert allen and sissoko at the five robert allen is clearly the better player he's clearly the more impactful player sissoko um kind of just is what he is right now it's hard to expect him to take like that step forward developmental wise Uh, robert allen at least has been in the sec and has like played legitimate competition he had five turnovers though and so i i don't know if there is a solution in the front court, because defensively, I don't think Allen, Sissoko, or Scott are where they, they're not Thomas Bell, right? They're not Zachary Simmons. Yeah. Like they're not those level. They're not um, 
Dangu. Like they're not those level of players uh, defensively right now that can stop a dag a Dagen Hart from getting in the paint and uh, doing whatever he wants. So, um, yeah, overall, I I'm not out on this team, but you have to. For me as a fan, like let, let's turn on our fan caps hats for a second. Mm-hmm. This was an infuriating loss. Oh yeah. This was an absolutely infuriating loss because this was the third game where third loss that very much should have been a win. And you know, three losses by five or less points, neutral, neutral road. We said going into this season, you have to win one of those. Yeah. And now you have Mississippi State. Um, I don't know where that game's being played, but um, it says semi away on Kim Palm, and I don't remember where that is. But regardless, um, now you have Mississippi State, and if you don't win that, then you have basically lost, you know, all of those games that we said, hey, you need to win one of them. <laughs> yeah, and they'll have gone zero for four. So I, I, I'm frustrated from that perspective of saying, all right, you weren't able to do what you wanted to do in the non-conference if you lose to Mississippi State. And the first three, at least, have all been winnable. And now we yeah. look to the conf- we, we look to conference play, where it's going to be a ton of tight games. And then we look to the conference tournament, where it's going to be a ton of tight games, and say, all right, you have like three months, or I mean, really, you need to do better. You need to do well in conference. So you have like a month to figure this out. And I'm not sure where the answers are coming going to come from. Like, yeah. is the defense going to take a massive step forward? Maybe they're 31st in the country defensively. Like, I don't know how much better they can get. They're 149th in offense right now, Colin. Yeah, 149. It's not, it's not great. Uh, I mean, against Boise, they shot what 23% from three, 417. Is that yeah, and I don't even think like, like they're 149th in offense. They're shooting 54% from three. Uh, I'm sorry, they're 40. I'm sorry, they're 54th in the country in three point percentage. Yeah. But I honestly don't even think they're that good of a shooting team. I know like, I I, compl- I I didn't even I I would be sh- I'm shocked that you that they're that high honestly because it doesn't feel like anything's really falling. Um, I mean they were six for uh, what were they against? Uh, six of twenty three. Or I'm sorry, hold on. I mean six of nineteen against St. John's. I think they're they don't have like awful. I mean teams. LSU's they were twelve of thirty two. Six of thir- six of twenty against Towson um last night they were what were they four of 17 so yeah it's i don't know it's not ideal but we'll see uh yeah the offense leaves obviously plenty to be desired they're gonna have to kind of figure figure things out a little bit um on that end so it was a frustrating loss if you would have got me on this podcast last night i would have um been in a much worse mood Mm. um i was like legitimately mad i don't know the last time i was legitimately mad at a loss like that. Here's the thing too is, uh, you know, we're talking about Mississippi State. Fordham's not like a pushover team. I mean, they they pushed Tulane, uh, yeah. and they lost what not by eight points. Yeah, eight points, eighty nine, eighty one to Tulane. They lost, and Tulane is right now in Ken Palm, I believe, two spots lower than North Texas. Ninety. Uh, they're ninety, like and North Texas is seventy nine. Uh, seventy nine. So it's not yeah, Fordham, they, they they could catch you. Is that what game's I'm in to uh, Brooklyn too, I believe, and the Nets court. I believe so. Uh, yeah, Fordham, then Mississippi State, then UT Arlington to close out the the non conference season. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Mississippi State just lost to Southern from Baton Rouge, so who knows? Okay, I don't have anything else on that. That was frustrating. No, I'm good. 
I'm frustrated now. You, your mood is your your voice gets deeper and you, and you get a little need like a Capri Sun. Nope. <laughs> I need to talk about these transfer portal. This is worse. Players. Almost. Colin, I need to Actually, talk it's not them. worse because yesterday I, I had said, I go, oh, I guess we're a basketball school now. And then we go ahead and lose to Boise State. So still a basketball school. Still a basketball school. Still a basketball school. Still a basketball I don't care. School. Name I off these care. transfers, Bruni. All right. I have a whole list in front of me right now. Let's yeah. let's do it. I got it We've already well. talked about Jamori Macklin. All right, we talked about yeah. it. I think we did a good job re- re- recapping that. Uh, go check out our last podcast. I think we also did a good job um, in the big picture. I tweeted out a couple of clips um, we talked about, and um, I think that's very much indicative of where I stand today in the big picture in terms of, you know, you have to figure it out, yada, yada, yada. But all right, since Jamori Macklin, the first domino fell, Mm-hmm. Here are all the players that have entered the portal since. Iowa Day, running back. Ethan Miner, offensive line, starting center. Uh, Stone Earl, backup quarterback. Logan Wilson, starting safety. Isaiah Johnson, backup running back. Damian Smallwood, a backup lineman. Robert Johnson, backup DB. Howard Sampson, starting tackle. Travian Brown, start, uh, backup receiver. Babechi Nwawu, starting offensive lineman. Dorian Morris, backup receiver. And Chandler Rogers starting quarterback. That is six starting offensive players now in the portal with Macklin today, Minor, um, Rogers, Nawawu, and Sampson. Yeah. And then Casey Mareka has entered the draft. So seven um, stars on offense now gone from the team without exhausting their eligibility. So. Where do we want to start? Where do we want to start? Just... First of all, I want to start because on last podcast, I didn't think that it was going to get this bad. I was like, open. Oh, you were you were a lot more grim than I was. I was like, oh, you know, this is just kind of the way it is. It'll be all right. And here we are. And now I'm reeling because you lose the players that made this team so good on offense. I mean, Chandler Rogers obviously is, is the main one there. But a day, I know I said last podcast that, you know, you lose him. You still got Oscar and you still got Isaiah Johnson. Well, Isaiah Johnson's leaving, and a day going only really uh, is okay if you keep Rodgers, <laughs> for being honest. Um, you have more insight on this. Why do you think – I and I could be wrong here. North Texas specifically seems to have a lot of transfers on the way out. Do you think that this is, this is mi- a mix between – Players trying to, you know, go somewhere where they can star more, whereas that's Chandler Rogers or Jamari Macklin, and also players going, okay, I tried a year with Eric Morris. Let's go be yeah. somewhere else because I was recruited by Seth Luttrell. I I think in a normal year, normal cycle, after like a first-year coach has the year – after a first-year coach, you know, has a year with these players that he didn't recruit and whatnot, I think – this many players entering the portal would not have been a cons- uh, a uh, uh, would not have caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. But in this situation where you had a top twenty offense in the country, I can't say it's because of Eric Morris. Okay, I can't say it's because of Eric. Morris. If these were defensive transfers, which you know Logan Wilson was, sure, uh, you know there's there's a couple Robert Johnson, yeah, yeah. that would make sense. But this. The, these players are leaving from a top 20 offense. And if you look at their offer list, Ethan Miner is going to go play, probably potentially start at 
at a very big school. He's getting like crazy offers right now. He's rated a 91 in the transfer portal right now by on three. Yeah, I see that. Um, <laughs> like, I think that might be higher than Rogers. Yeah, Rogers is at a, a 90. 90. Yeah. yeah. So pe- they love minor. Um, and then uh, I I liked Howard Sampson, who was a freshman or retro freshman who started games for, for North Texas this year. And if Fabechi Nuawu, I believe, had offers from like Oklahoma and stuff now, he's tweeting out. So these are players that are like getting legitimate offers. And I think they're just good players and they're going to go. Like, I don't know if Eric Morris had anything to do with it um, at this point. So um, that's my thought on that. Um, same thing with the day. We'll see where he ends up. I don't know what offers he has. Let's see if there's, I haven't even seen anything from him, but I, I just think it's, they're going to P5 schools now. That's it. I think that's it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I Macklin, like, again, and last time I do want to clarify, like, last time I was throwing out, like, just crazy numbers off the top of my head, you know, just money and IL stuff. But it wasn't – those numbers were not accurate. Like, first of all, I do want to clarify that. I was just throwing them off the top of my head, which I think I said, but, like – You did say. I'm just, just throwing stuff off the top of my head based on what we've heard and what we've, uh, you know, t- just the national, like, media has talked about. Um, that's the case. I think, you know, Macklin will be get paid. Rogers will get paid. And I honestly, minor and Fabechi, if they go to good schools in a day, if they go to good schools, they'll, they'll make some money. They're not going to make a ton, but they'll make, yeah. uh, those latter guys will, will make some more than anything though. They are going to have the opportunity to like start at those schools. Now I will be disappointed in that, in them and like their situation. If they go to a school and they are backups, that's the biggest I don't want to say concern, but that's something that I'm worried about. Like for them is will a day go to a school? Let's say he goes to Texas tech or something and he's the second running back and he ends the year with a hundred carries for 460 yards. Yeah. Like then it's like, all right, what are, what are we doing? And not even a hundred carries. Sorry. hundred is actually a pretty good amount, but like, let's say it's 60 carries for 400 yards. Yeah. Then it's like, all right, was it worth it? Well, Jair Short is back in the portal right now. Yeah. Because it didn't work out at Auburn. Like that, this is legitimately, and the thing is, is players have a graduate transfer year now. And I know, I think they used his, I don't know, Macklin obviously used his graduate transfer. Rogers Rogers uses his, yeah. So they can't leave. This is an all-in type of proposition here where, if I'm then this this is my advice to them, go somewhere where you're going to be the starter. Yeah. Do not go somewhere where you do not know what you're getting. Do not go somewhere where they say, hey, you know, you're gonna have to compete with this guy that we recruited that, you know, he's not great, but you know, maybe he, you know, develops all this stuff. They have recruited that player and they have vested interest in him. They've developed him. They know exactly what they're getting from him. You, on the other hand, they've seen your tape. They know what you're capable of, but they haven't practiced with you. Like they might not be the good, the perfect coach for you. Right. And that's a big thing here is go somewhere where you are going to start and go somewhere you are going to play. That's the same thing with Rogers too. I think Rogers knows this. I think he, I don't think he's going to go anywhere where he's could lose the job, but like I heard from coaches, like I, I heard through the grapevine, like there are coaches in the P five that absolutely love Rogers. Okay. Yeah. That's great. But not all like some P5 places have 
players in line that they are going to start a quarterback or that could start a quarterback for them. Rodgers should not go somewhere where he it's 50 50. He shouldn't be. I don't know if you saw it with Spencer Sanders at Ole Miss. He mm-hmm. went to Ole Miss and after starting for four years at Oklahoma State and it was a backup all year. Yeah. Like, don't don't put yourself in that situation. Go somewhere you're going to start. Go somewhere you're going to play because the whole point of having a quote unquote bigger stage is to show what you can do. And if you cannot start and play a majority of the snaps, then what are we doing here? Then yeah. What are we doing here? Besides, yeah. I guess if, if they do pay you, you take the money. But like other than that, it's you're just missing out. I do think it I do think we should be fair in a certain sense like with a day for example like I think for him it makes sense to transfer or at least feel it out just because it's like okay I've done so much I'm going to bet on myself again we'll do the grind I have no thing. problem with a day transferring yeah. um honestly I don't have a problem with any like players actually transferring as long as they put themselves in a position Right yeah problem problem's a bad word for it I guess it, it's it's more like is the grass really greener the problem the, the only problem is, I think, from North Texas perspective, and like, and this goes back to what we talked about last podcast as far as the G5 schools in general getting gutted. Um, there are quarterbacks across the country in the G5 that are yeah. gone. Just, yeah. I, I don't have a list in front of me, but it is extensive the amount of G5 teams that have lost their quarterback if the quarterback was any good this year. And so I don't even look, look at this as a North Texas problem. I mean, we, we see Jared Mosley on Twitter like, tweeting at people talking about the problem that that they're facing right now. I don't think there's really much North Texas could have done in this situation. And I don't think there's much like the players in this situation are doing wrong either. I think the overall situation is just bad. Right. That's the why I want what was that? The environment that that's being created. Yeah, all of this is the problem from the NCAA. Like the I I was optimistic about the transfer portal benefiting, I think you know, G5 schools to a degree. And I think with that, with, I, I was wrong in that regard. I think I saw a stat that the top 10 teams in the preseason AP poll ended the year, like 128 and two in the, in games they were favored by like 10 or more. So the gap is widening. Like there aren't these upsets of a bad team or not even a bad team, but like a, UTSA Tennessee, right? Tennessee ran UTSA out the building. Yeah. That shouldn't really be happening. You shouldn't have this 30 point gap where every time a team plays, SEC team plays a good G5 team, there's a 30 point gap. Like it has created a massive, massive um, spread between the top end teams and the honestly everybody else like i would say everybody outside of the top 20 you are fighting and that includes p5 teams like you are just fighting for relevance you try you're fighting to stay close that's what teams like i think baylor you know have struggled with houston uh struggle has struggled with that jump up yeah i i do think it's a legitimate problem the ncaa has but in terms of north texas I think it's just an unfortunate situation. Like I can't, there's nothing here. If these players go on and start at Texas tech, like I said, like if they start at big 12 schools, if they're starting at ACC schools, they're starting at like high level programs. I do not have a problem with the moves at all. Yeah. No, I agree. Is, you know, is it, is it going to work out? And that's a risk that everybody takes when they enter the portal. We, we don't know that. So 
Uh, let's flip this and look at it from Nortec's perspective now moving forward. Eric Morris now loses, you know, at least seven of his 11 starters on offense. Uh, he'll have to replace the quarterback position completely. completely. Yeah. Because Earl is gone as well. Um, does he go transfer portal? I would assume so. He has to. Um, I think a key is what I would do. And I think this is, there's a lot of quarterbacks you could take, you know, maybe. I wouldn't take a drop down, I don't think. I would take somebody who's proven things. I look at Bailey Zappi, and I know that might be a crazy example because that guy was awesome and is awesome in the NFL. Yeah, But he was at Houston Christian at the time. I think it was Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist putting up numbers on numbers, went to Western Kentucky, put up numbers on numbers for two years, gets drafted. Yep. Like I want a guy, even I don't care if it's FCS, I don't care if it's a low FBS, I want a guy who has at least proven it somewhat that he can play. I don't want Chandler Rogers. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. exactly. Exactly. I don't want Jace Reuter out of there. I don't want Amani Gilmore. Like, I don't want those players that are drop downs from other schools because I feel like to me, most of the time that doesn't really work out. Right. So I I would prefer, like you said, Chandler Rogers, Bailey Zappi, and that maybe that's being optimistic. I don't know, but I want a player that has proven it at the FCS level or proven it at a low FBS level uh, that he can play and that he can, you know, fit into what an air raid system is and throw the ball around just has the arm talent that you need. So that's what I would look for if I was Eric Morris. Yeah. And and it's going to, I think it's going to be harder and harder to find players like that. Like as teams still have their talent and they haven't been poached from bigger schools, eventually that, that in my eyes, that talent pool is going to run out. I don't know. You have you don't to think just, so? look. This has become a food chain. Well, that's what I mean. Eventually, I feel like the bottom of the food chain will eventually run out. Will it? I How? feel like it has to. No. How? How? School recruits player player leaves. Whereas, like these lower schools, uh, I don't want to use ULM as an example, but any of the lower schools, we can use North Texas as an example. You still have talent that you're developing. Whereas, if you're just getting it posted, there's no time for development at that school. You know what I'm saying? So you don't build that base of players that are that are good they're just all right we'll, we'll go now like like for example north texas right away like you're losing ethan minor yeah but like howard sampson and fabeci they're good yeah but they're not great logan wilson he's good but he's not great so you're you're you're, you're degrading your 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 mean I feel like over time at these for these lower schools and and like you already kind of said it, you're the top twenty schools are already winning. Well, I don't know what the stat you threw out was, but two losses out of a hundred and something, yeah, right against against good G five schools, and I feel like that'll eventually just happen with lower level schools, and then it starts to dry up for those schools. I think I'm following you, but I and I, I maybe you're making good points. Everybody listening, I'm trying to think. Because like I think there'll always be players that like step up in the, in the lower range. Sure, there'll always be players, but the, I feel like the 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 average talent level will drop. Sure, over time. Okay. Yeah. So so like you look at this North Texas team now. If if things stay the same way and you're still recruiting players from those lower FBS schools, at what point do you just become the talent level of that lower FBS school while you're getting all your talent, real talent? I see what you're saying. Poached away to higher schools yeah eventually it's just going to degrade the product no i agree no i mean yes and that's where you take transfers 
to to supplement. I think quarterback is the only one. It might be one of the only ones where I'm like, all right, I don't mind. Like quarterback position is where I need someone that has proof of concept. All yeah. the other positions, I think I'm okay if you take a drop down, whatever. And honestly, it sucks, but I think Eric Morris's hand has absolutely been forced to just take 20 players in the portal. Like well, I, it, thought, I think we both thought it was forced before all this happened. No, well, but it was forced defensively. Defensively, they needed yeah. transfers. Yeah. Offensively, if they had kept any of these players, <laughs> then I think they would have been in position to maybe be a little bit more selective. But now you're not. You can't be selective anymore. You just can't. Yeah. Like it, it sucks. You don't need running backs. You have Ragsdale and uh, Attaway still at this moment, but you need tight ends you need offensive linemen now you need receivers now you need a quarterback and um it just yeah it just sucks they're gonna have to like i i've never been big on high school recruiting and sure high school recruiting matters like you're gonna get them but like this is just completely drained me in, ter- in terms of like from a north texas from g5 from really 90 percent of the schools in the country like you get a player develop them for two years they're gone yeah like it is absolutely um like i said it's draining it just really really puts a cap on anything you can do like would jalen guyton and mason fine jeffrey wilson would those guys have been gone you probably yeah right like probably jeff wilson puts up the years that he was having he probably is at an sec school like that's just it's completely changed the paradigm it's can change changed everything the ceiling everything it doesn't matter how well you coach at this point because there's so much work to do and you're at such a disadvantage now that's another thing is coaches have to reteach everything every single year because they have new teams whereas in the i think a lot of programs don't have that problem at the p5 level yeah. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, not all G5 teams are losing talent like this. Sure, that might be true. But um, they're also, Tulane lost its head coach. Like, um, now the player that UTSA was able to keep is is gone at quarterback. Um, I, I still think the turnover at the G5 level is just too high to overcome right now. So, yeah. And, and honestly, if I can be frank, like, S, uh, UTSA had a good year. Um, their best player, the outside linebacker, is gone. Yeah. And North Texas had a top 20 offense this year. Very few G5 teams, if, if any, could match North Texas. So, yeah, they're going to lose all those players because they're all damn good players that were um, yeah. better than anything UTSA had on offense. They were better than what Tulane had on offense. Like, this was a great offense. And that's why those players are leaving. So, yeah. Sure, you can mitigate how many players leave, but when you put up a top twenty unit on either side of the ball, players are gonna yeah. Are gonna UTSA leave. loses their best outside pass rusher. Like Tulane, you know, almost Michael Pratt wise. I know he's gone this year, but like they would have lost guys like that. So and now you lose your head coach. So the turnover is just uh, too significant. Yeah. All right. That's all we got. Or that's all I got. That's all I got. I'm I mean, just, we just gotta shave my head now. Do you have Do you have anything planned for how? Or are we just gonna straight just go for it? I think we just go for it. How long will it take? You think? I don't think it'll take that long. I don't know. I've ever shaved my head. Also, I don't know what it looks like under there. So, 
Let's take the hat off. Let's take the hat well, off. The hat, the hat. Hat. I have to, I I can't hear you. Oh well, you can't unplug from your computer. I can kind of hear you. Let me turn you up. You can't have the audio come out your computer. I don't have speakers. Talk. Hello, hello. Oh, I can hear you. I can hear you good enough with these on the desk. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. You I don't know why you. Do I just let it rip? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I feel like I feel like we're wasting an opportunity here. Show us, show us your setting first. Are are you? Is it? You're just gonna do it in the chair? I have a towel down. Oh, smart! Wow, that's gonna. And then I'm gonna vacuum it. Well, I don't know. It's long, so I'll try to vacuum it. Well, and you have dogs, so you're used to. You know, you can. This this is way longer than any dog hair, but we'll give it. Oh yeah, show how long. Oh my god. (laughs) Jeez. It's long. It has. I haven't had a haircut since July. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> Bruni, Bruni's nervous for me. Look at him. <laughs> I talked. I called my mom. I was like, "Hey, you know, tomorrow, Colin shaves his head." She's like, "Don't make him do that." I was like, "To hell, I don't make him do that." Now, that would have been me. He wouldn't have I would, had. A, I would have shown no mercy. So I respect yeah. it. Um, I have nothing. I have nothing to say here. I think. Like, you want to pick a spot to start? Like, we going dead about- center. Like, do I try to make like a mohawk? Like, what do we, what on. am I doing here? Let me let's add a banner. Um, twenty twenty three, Pickham punishment. Mm. I can't believe I'm doing this. All right. Um, I might go. I might go. Like, can I make you bigger? Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Try that. Make me prominent. Um, I'm gonna be on the side. I want to be on the side. How do I do this? Maybe, maybe I can't do it. That's okay. Big enough. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe I'll just occasionally go just to only you. Okay. As a screenshot. So, so am I gonna try to like make it make a hairstyle? Oh, like that. Yeah. Mm. You hear me still? I can hear you still. Oh boy. It's weird just only looking at myself. I know. <laughs> How right. oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. Go. Just just turn it on. Do you know what you're doing here? Is I've this... never done this before. I feel like I you're mean, gonna hurt I'm yourself. I'm gonna assume you put it on your head and you just go. I feel like you're gonna hurt yourself. Uh, go like this, you know, go like this is that, right? If I hurt myself, Bruni, then that's my problem. It'll make for great content either way. Okay. All so right, gonna, Colin. David? I feel like you're more nervous than I am. Do it. Do it, Colin. I can't believe this is happening. Do it. Oh, man. It's like... Oh, no. Oh, (laughs) Lord. It's gone. There's no going back. Oh, Oh. my God. (laughs) This is crazy, dude. This is insane. Trash bucket. Put a trash can next to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Too late. He's already started shaving it. Oh my god. This is. This is so bad. This is. I look. I don't feel bad because I had to go through this. I don't feel bad. All right. This was the single worst day of my. This ruined like a full forty-eight hours for me. So I don't feel bad. You don't have a trash can? Uh, I do, but it's 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 it needs to be taken out. So I'm gonna use this bag. Oh, gosh, Jesus. so unprepared. All right, let's see the damage. 
It didn't really. It looked pretty bad at first, but I think it's because it's like my other hair is over it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Let's I'm see. Just, I think I'm gonna go down the center. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Zoom in on the. Yeah. Zoom in on this one. Oh no. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. Yo, he just shaved the middle of his head. No. Yep, all the way down, no. baby. No, he just did the middle of his head. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Look at this. Oh, Dude. my God. Colin shit the middle of his head. This is crazy. No. This is insane. Let's keep going. What am I doing? Let's keep going. I could get a skullet. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on. Hold on. Oh, my God. Check out our YouTube for the rest of the shaving of his head. Yeah. yeah. We'll just, I'll just hit it with a razor, you know, get some shaving cream on the head, some lather it up. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, dude. Wow. Well, that's it. <laughs> We're just going to end the <laughs> podcast. I don't have anything else to do here. This is truly tremendous content. And uh, we thank you for, yeah, if we don't get to 300 subs, I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed. Yeah, so. if, if this doesn't deserve a, a subscription, a like, a comment, something, uh, Twitter something. follow, something. everything. Uh, open up Colin's Venmo. You can Venmo him for, for some yeah. new a wig or something. Um I need beanies now. It's going to be cold. <laughs> you need to just grow out the mustache and just go bald mustache. That's it. That would be crazy. We need to see it though, Colin. We need to, we need to see it. Um, but all right, yeah. Thank y'all for joining us. This has been a um a somber episode, but a hilarious episode now. And um we'll get the compilation going of Colin shaving his head, meeting a chip. Next year we said you're gonna have to run a half marathon. God, I ran a mile the other day <laughs> and my Achilles is pretty messed up. Yep. And let me tell you, the next day my left ankle was yeah. So imagine running it. a marathon, half marathon, Colin. We, we gotta do it. Gotta grind it out. Yeah. So gotta grind gotta grind it out. All right. Uh thank y'all for joining us. We will talk to y'all later.